0: So a few weeks ago, a month ago, however long it was, Kate asked me to do a little thing about food because we were talking about uh, presenting our bodies as a sacrifice and worshiping God with our bodies just by taking care of them. And, um, you know, so I'm just going to tell you some basic stuff about food facts that people ask me a lot um in in uh personal training and in my job at as a physical therapist so I want to come out first of all with a little disclaimer I am not a registered dietitian um giving you food advice in that regard as to eat this and this amount and all that stuff is beyond my scope of practice so um Please talk to your doctor if you're wanting to make any adjustments. I'm just going to tell you some research about uh, the top few things that people ask me about, okay? So, facts about food. So, the first thing is cholesterol. And for a lot of people, cholesterol is a dirty word. Um, But as you can see here, it's uh, essential for your cell membranes. Um, It helps give our cells in our bodies the integrity and the fluidity. And so uh, as you move, your cells have to move. And so you don't want them too rigid, but you want them rigid enough to keep stuff out that stuff's supposed to be out. So that's what your cholesterol is for. It also covers our nerves. It's a myelination. So uh, what that is, is it's like a little sleeve of insulation along your nerves And your electrical impulses travel a whole lot faster when your nerves are myelinated. Um, Like in multiple multiple sclerosis, the myelination comes off of your nerves. And that's why they have issues moving. Um, And so uh, we're a lot more efficient with that. And that's what cholesterol does. Um, Cholesterol is also a precursor for a lot of steroid hormones. Uh, So we need to have cholesterol in our bodies. Um, our body makes all the cholesterol we need. It's made by our liver. We don't need to consume cholesterol. So there's that little fact. Okay, so there's two types of cholesterol. I think everybody knows. You've got your low-density lipoprotein, which are your bad proteins, and you've got your your HDL, which are your high-density lipoproteins, which are your good cholesterols. So uh, the LDLs, the bad ones, circulate in your bloodstream. Um, Your cells have receptors on them that will take those LDLs, take them into the cell, and use them. When the cell doesn't need it, it blocks the receptors on your cell, which means that that LDL doesn't go into the cell. It stays in your bloodstream. So when we have increased LDL, because we're eating the wrong kinds of fats, Um, and our body doesn't need them in the cells, we increase it in our bloodstream, and those are the ones that are, those are the bad ones, okay? Our high density, the HDL, those are the good ones, they go through the bloodstream, take all of the LDLs to the liver, and your, your liver will break them down and use them for the steroid hormones, or it will excrete them. So the HDLs, that's why you want more HDL than you want LDL, because the HDLs help to clear your bloodstream of the bad ones. So we, we've got to have a make sure they're in check in a good balance. Um, if we have a decreased amount of HDLs because we're eating the wrong fats, then we're going to have more of the LDLs. Um, can you go to the next one there, Jason? Because there's two types of LDLs a lot of people don't know. And um, whoop back up i must have taken that one off um, oh no it's up there puffy ldls and the thin ldls so there's two types of ldls there's the pattern a they're big fluffy and they have a big big insulated fat around them so they're they're the they're neutral they don't really do much to you um, just the the cells use them for energy and stuff and then the Thinner, pattern B, they have a thinner layer of fat on them. And the problem with these is because they don't have as much fat. Um, if we eat something, if we get free radicals, um, something becomes oxidized. If we eat a fat like an oil and we heat it too much, that oil can become uh, the fat and that oil becomes rancid and it will oxidize your fat cell and then it becomes sticky. Sticky. And it starts to stick together, and that's where you get your plaque in the arteries. Um, not yours. I'm not claiming that anybody has anybody has sticky arteries. Our arteries are good. Um. So we have to watch to make sure that we we want to decrease our our pattern Bs because those are the bad ones. Um. Now you can go to the next one there. So these are the inflammatory versus anti-inflammatory foods. Um, The inflammatory foods are, well, what oxidizes those thin layered pattern B um, LDLs that oxidizes them and they become sticky. So inflammatory foods are like uh, your refined carbohydrates, white breads, pastries, you know, all the what we think would be good stuff. French fries, fried foods, sweetened beverages, Pops, sweet teas, um, red meats. If you eat red meat in abundance, you're going to get a lot of that extra because, you know, your cholesterol in the meat. Um, Processed meats, that processing can mess them up. Um, Margarine shortening and lard. Okay, that's that's all the stuff that's going to increase your risk for oxidizing those LDLs, making things sticky, and uh, a buildup in the arteries. But you can fight those free radicals with anti-inflammatory foods. And those are the tomatoes, the olive oil, the green leafy vegetables, spinach, kale, and collards, Um, nuts like almonds and walnuts, Uh, your fatty fish, um, salmon, even canned salmon is good for you, Um, mackerel, tuna, and sardines. Fruits like strawberries, blueberries, cherries, and oranges, and supplements like vitamin E and CoQ10. So those anti-inflammatories will work in your body to help prevent those free radicals from floating around and oxidizing and making things sticky, causing inflammation. Um, so that's cholesterol. Um, now when it comes to fats, uh, we, we've had kind of a fear of fat, because we've been told for many years that fat causes heart disease. So what I want to tell you today is that research has been done in the last 20 years that shows that fats do not cause heart disease. They have not shown to have a link um, there's been several research studies, and these are not little studies, um, just we watched somebody for a few months. These are over a period of 8 to 10 years, and they're looking at 50,000 women in one group, 80,000 women, 43,000 men. So it's it's a large sample. And um, so over these 10 years, one of them was a 20-year study, and they showed that an increased diet in fat did not increase weight gain. Um, and it, it, what it, the problem is, is when people go, oh, OK, fat doesn't cause heart disease, they go out and eat a bunch of fat. But the thing is, is that you've got to eat the right fat. Um, the good. There's good fat, there's bad fat, and then there's some really ugly fat. And so we, we want to steer clear of the ugly fat. OK? All right. So the next one. So your, your body does need fat. There is a purpose to it. And what I wanted to give you, yep, there you go. Um, look at these percentages of your fat that are used in your cells. Your cells are made up of 18% polyunsaturated, 27% saturated, and 55% monounsaturated. So those are about the ratio that you want to consume. Polyunsaturated fats are healthy, good fats, but you only have 18% in your cell makeup. So you don't need to overdo a bunch of polyunsaturated fat when you're eating. So these these fats, um, along with cholesterol, like the cholesterol, they provide stiffness and uh, structure for our cells and the flexibility for being able to move when we move. Um, They also uh, provide fat-soluble vitamins for us. Um, and in a good ratio, can decrease inflammation. But if we eat too many of the unhealthy fats, our cells become porous and unstable, kind of floppy, and they become oxidized, and we can get an increased risk of disease if we don't have a good balance. So, huh? you don't want floppy cells. That's not good for you. All right, so, so on the different types of fats... You got those saturated fats, and that was 27% of your cell. So saturated fats decrease inflammation. So you know arthritis is an inflammation. So you can uh, decrease bo- uh, inflammation, boost your brain function. Who wants boosted brain function? I think we all do. And we want to decrease our risk of dementia. Um, a lot of people think you know glucose is our body's sources of energy. But your brain actually uses fat more than it uses glucose. And so by increasing our good, healthy fats, we can decrease our risk for dementia, which is a good deal. All right, so those, some of those are coconut oil, palm oil, grass-fed butter, and cocoa butter. So the monounsaturated fats, uh, those are 55% of your cell. So we want to eat about 55% of monounsaturated fats. They also lower inflammation, but they can decrease also your chance of stroke and breast cancer, and they increase your HDLs. So if you're looking for a way to increase those good cholesterols to clear out the bad cholesterol, you want your monounsaturated fats. And those examples are your avocado, olive, and almond oils. Um, Oh, I've got those up there. Grass-fed foods and um, milk, egg—you know that kind of stuff. Alrighty, polyunsaturated. These are the good ones, but you only need eighteen percent in your cell, so you don't need to consume a whole lot of them. Um, they help to decrease your risk of heart attacks and cardiovascular disease. So, see, there's a good fat that decreases your risk of, of heart disease, not increasing it, like a lot of people said once before. Um, It decreases your risk of breast cancer, and it also increases cognitive performance, because your brain likes fat. So some examples I have here. You can see I've got the corn, sunflower, cottonseed, safflower, soybean, the ones that are bolded in black. Those are seed oils. And um, these, a lot of people like to fry. The restaurants will fry their foods in soybean oil. Um, but when these are heated to high heats, they become rancid, and they oxidize those LDLs, making your LDLs and your blood sticky and cause it, not yours, but in typical people, in the natural, um, and, and that increases that plaque buildup. And so those are the ones that you, you'd, even though they're healthy, you kind of want to stay away from those. Um, but the sesame, the flaxseed, um, chia seeds, things like that; those are the ones that they're, they don't become rancid when they're heated. Um, so those are the safer ones to use. Um, soybean oil, you'll notice, it's used by restaurants, like I said, but it's it's everywhere. So you gotta watch that one. Um, and walnuts are a good polyunsaturated. Um, the omega threes and omega sixes are good um, polyunsaturated. But omega-6 is easy to come by. It's in our snack foods. It's in processed foods. It's in vegetable oil. It's in cured meats. Um, but when we get too much 6 compared to omega-3, um, that causes us to get sticky again. So um, so we want to make sure that we have a good ratio balance. Right now, most people in the diet will get a ratio of about 15 to 20 to one for omega-6 to omega-3 and that's way off balance you want a good balance of a one-to-one no more than a four-to-one in the omega-6 to omega-3 so try to balance that out get your some omega-3 supplements to boost your omega-3s because the threes are a little bit harder to come by they're the ones in the salmon and the mackerel, and, and those are a little bit pricier items. I mean, salmon's a whole lot more expensive than a snack cake. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so that's something that you might consider. Talk to your doctor about it. All right, so our next t- type of fat is a trans fat or hydrogenated fats. And there was none of it in our cells, so there needs to be none of it in our bodies. There's no reason to consume a hydrogenated fat. Um, Hydrogenated fats increase our LDLs, that's the bad one, and it decreases our HDLs, it promotes inflammation, causing that plaque. It increases heart disease, dementia, weight gain, belly fat, obesity, insulin resistance, and diabetes. None of that is anything that we want to have. Um, These trans fats were so bad that the FDA banned it in 2015. So they decided to come up with a new one in its place. It's called an interesterified fat. And uh, it shows they've they've looked at it. And uh, when someone consumes this, their blood glucose increases 40% right after eating it. Not a good deal. Um, So you'll find this on the food labels. Um, It'll say, like, stearic-rich or high stearate or vegetable oil. And that's stuff that you would like to stay away from as well. Okay. Now, sugar, the good stuff, right? Um, sugar has been shown uh, to promote the production of LDL. Ooh, the bad stuff. It increases the B, which is the thin, fat layered one that is more risky to oxidize than the puffy, neutral A. Um, sugar slows our metabolism. It increases our appetite and food cravings. It causes fatty liver disease, which when you have fatty liver disease, too much fat in your liver means that you're not detoxifying your blood. That's what your liver does. Um, It makes hormones. It detoxifies, cleans things up a little bit. And if we have too much fat and not enough good working cells in our liver, then we have dirty blood, and that's not good. And we also... um, Dirty blood, bad. Um, and we get tired because your blood's dirty. <laughs> you got a lot of toxins floating around in there, and, and fatigue is one of those effects. Um, so, to reduce our, our sugar intake, you really want to look at the glycemic index. If you're interested in, in trying to consume things with less sugar in it, Google the glycemic index you can find thousands of different ones with thousands of different foods But the glycemic index shows you how much effect that that particular food is going to have on your blood sugar so the higher the number means that um, You're the higher effect. You're going to have uh, lower numbers are the ones that you are are better for you um, Yeah, okay, let's go to the next one so Sugar, the real enemy. So here's, here's what sugar does whenever you eat it, um, like carbs. Carbohydrates convert to sugar when you digest. Starches convert to sugar when you digest. Um, extra protein, your body will use protein to build muscle, but anything extra that it doesn't need converts to sugar. So uh, the sugar that's converted... Is converted then to glucose for fuel. And we can store in our liver, this is a pretty cool part. We can store in our liver and in our muscle 1,500 to 2,000 calories of glycogen for energy. Now, I've got a little smartwatch that tells me how many calories I burn with activity. And there are days that I struggle to get 400 calories, you know, because I'm just doing stuff but not exercising. But, but I can store 2,000 calories in my <laughs> liver and in my muscle. So obviously, I'm not using all of the glycogen capacity that I have. So when we eat foods that are, which have sugar and it's, it's metabolized into glucose, your pancreas secretes insulin to go out there and get that sugar into your cell so that your cell can use it for work. It's going to use it for energy and metabolism and all that stuff. So the more sugar we eat, the more insulin we have to pump out to get our blood cleared of the sugar. And over time, if we eat a lot of sugar, our bodies, those cells, become a little bit more resistant to the insulin. It's like the insulin is a key, and the receptors on the cell is the lock and so the insulin says, here, I want you to use this sugar into your cell, and so the receptor takes it, unlocks it, sugar goes into the cell, and off it goes, but when we become insulin resistant, that lock gets a little rusty. That receptor doesn't recognize that insulin or bind to it as well as it did before, so sugar can't be taken up into the cell for use, so now we've got more sugar in our bloodstream still. So our pancreas pumps out more insulin, thinking that it still needs to get rid of all of that sugar. So we become a little bit insulin resistant to it. And then that's where diabetes comes from. So we, that's what we want to get rid of. We, we want to avoid all of that, for sure. So. <clears throat> We, we really need to watch the amount of sugar we eat because it's everywhere. When I started paying attention to foods, I found sugar in my breakfast sausage. And, I mean, there's, it's hard to find stuff without sugar nowadays, and I don't know why they put it there except for it just tastes good. Um, but an extra, extra sugar um, messes with our appetite hormones. So now we start craving stuff, or we're hungry all the time, and we just can't get satisfied. But um, and, it, and it keeps us from burning fat as fuel as well. So we really, it's beneficial for our bodies to not consume a lot of sugar, OK, as the holidays come up. This is great timing. <laughs> OK, sweeteners. So what do you do? You think, I got to get away from the sugar. I'm going to drink diet soda, I'm going to do diet stuff, I'm going to do, um, well, definitely on the low-fat stuff, they use sugar to make it taste good, so don't eat low-fat stuff. Um, But on the sweeteners, you got to watch for those artificial ones, the aspartame, the sucralose, the saccharin. Those have a negative effect on your appetite hormones. So when you eat those, your insulin spikes and your, and then it crashes and then you're hungry all the time and, and it gets those, those food cravings and you just get into a roller coaster where you're just never satisfied. So then you think, okay, I'll stay away from those, but you got to watch for the high fructose corn syrup. That stuff increases your blood sugar really quickly. It's converted straight to fat. It's not even converted to anything that we can use. And it's found in everything. Sorry, hold on. I set myself an alarm so I wouldn't run late. (laughs) So there's, there's a few healthy options out there that I have found. These are just a few, stevia, erythritol, and xylitol. And I'm still working on a good balance. But I just wanted to bring this to your awareness that artificial sweeteners, you know, they, they, you think you're doing a good thing by staying away from sugar, but a lot of times these artificial sweeteners are worse for you. So if you're struggling with it and you think, well, I, I really have this thing with, with pop and I just, I can't give it up. <laughs> well, you can, you don't want to be addicted to anything, but to gradually wean yourself off of it, you'd be better off drinking a small can of regular soda than an 8 to 12 ounce, 24 ounce of a diet soda. It's just that artificial sweetener is just not good for you. So I bring all of this about um, because there there is a scriptural thing for this, let me tell you. Um, Because we've got a lofty goal of this church to... No limits for God to reach out to more than just these folks right here in this room, right, and so if we don't take care of ourselves we we could end up as a church, just spending all of our time taking care of ourselves, praying for healing for ourselves, trying to trying to just limp through the best we can until we get to glory. Well, that's not a very good that's not a good plan, right. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If you are God's house, take care of your house. He has given you this body to use for his good work, and you need to take care of it. You need to be a good steward. He has entrusted your body to you, and, I mean, he paid a good price for it, too, did he not? Uh, When he died on the cross for our healing, and it's a covenant thing, that means we've got a part and he's got a part. He's done his part. His body was broken, so ours don't have to be. But we have to be able to do our part and and take care of it. You know how sometimes if I'm doing a cheap meal or something, like eating Taco Bell and I'm praying over it, you know, I feel like such a hypocrite asking God to bless my Taco Bell. You know, but you you just have to you just have to pay attention. Tim said it with your money. You have to pay attention. Always pay attention. There's never a time to not think. You have to just just okay, next one. <sighs> Sorry. Okay, so I beseech you therefore, brethren. I'm ple- I'm I'm begging with you. By the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is what he calls reasonable, you know, paying attention to your food, taking care of yourself, taking care of that temple of God. That is your reasonable service. And what I like about the Amplified Version, we need to make a decisive dedication of our bodies. Every day when you sit down for your meal, you're deciding whether you think about it or not, what you put in your mouth, you're deciding if you're gonna take care of it or not. And and you gotta think long term, not just this immediate craving satisfaction. Okay? You gotta think long term. So we need to decisively every meal dedicate our bodies to the Lord's service because this is our reasonable spiritual worship. Dylan's been talking about your, your perspective. Change your perspective about food. It's just the energy. It's not for our emotions. It's not for satisfying a cravings or anything. Yeah, we can enjoy our food, but it's not, it's not the end all be all. I'm going to be satisfied with a cookie or a donut or something. You know, we, it's our, it's our spiritual worship and, and you've got to make your body a priority. You know, just like the priority he talked about in worship. Okay, what's the next one? So, I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. I put this in here in the Amplified one. Because we talk about being a people led by the Spirit. And we want to hear the voice of God in all the big and little things. We want to hear the voice of God on how to drive to work so I'll stay safe. The big decisions on who do I marry, where do I go to school, what job do I get. But we have to practice his presence in even the little things. And we need to be controlled by his Spirit in every little thing. And so I was thinking that this the other day, that when when I make my food decisions based on a, a craving or I really need some comfort food or something like that, and I give in to my emotions, if I become an emotional eater or I give in to my cravings, I'm letting my my emotions or my flesh lead me instead of letting the Holy Spirit lead me. And if we do that with our food, then we're not practicing his presence. So when it does come to a big decision of, do I leave my job and go get another one? Or do I marry that person? Or, you know, the bigger decisions, it's harder to hear because... The Holy Spirit is a gentleman that doesn't yell at you. He doesn't pound you stuff over your head until you listen to me. Um, we have to practice his presence in everything so that we can hear his voice. If we give in to our flesh, it's going to be harder to hear his voice because we're letting our flesh lead us instead. So, I really want to encourage you that every time you sit down to make a meal, buy a meal, every time you go grocery shopping, pray about it first, <laughs> be be led, you know, and let him help you um And you may think that uh, if I do that, I mean, I'm just not going to have any good good stuff, but go to the next one there, Jason. This is what I used. In Psalm 103, when he's talking about all the benefits, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And in verse 5, it talks about how the Lord satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And in the Amplified Version, when you're renewed like the eagles, you're strong and overcoming and soaring. And that's what I am. And so when I eat my healthy food, I don't think, oh, great, I'm just eating cardboard. This is nasty. I say, no, he satisfies my mouth with good things. And I have found that when I use this scripture, I have fewer and fewer cravings for the junk that I I used to eat. I mean, I I went seven months without eating a donut. I was pretty proud of myself. Um, But because I didn't really want it anymore, because he satisfies my mouth with the good things. And because of that, my youth is renewed. I'm strong. I'm overcoming. I'm soaring. There's nothing I can't do. I'm Tuesday is my birthday. I'll be 48 years old. But I don't feel 48. I feel I've got more energy. And... um, yeah, happy birthday to you too, Wednesday. Okay. So whose youth is renewed like the eagles. But um so so I I I use this scripture to um to help me stay on track because that's my end that's my end goal. Um and use the word when it comes to comes to your food i mean we use it for our money right we use it for health so use it for your body use it for your diet plan um because we want this to be a long-term thing that we can take care of our bodies till we're 120 years old right that's what god promised us in genesis 120 years 120 years so i'm not even halfway there so uh a few weeks ago when pastor mark was preaching He said several times that success begins in the spiritual realm. Remember that? So I'm putting that back on you, and I'm saying use that with your nutrition. Use that with taking care of your body. Because in Proverbs 28, 5, it says, Those who seek the Lord understand all things. God is the creator of the universe. He created your bodies. He created the food for your bodies to run on. So if you will ask the creator, what do I need to do? What do you want me to do for me to be healthy, to be able to run my race with endurance all the way to the end? Then he'll tell you what you need to change or where you can make a difference. Because then when you seek him, you'll know what you need to do. And your mouth will be satisfied with all the good things and your youth will be renewed as well, okay? So seek the Lord, ask him what you need to do, and he'll help us be on the right track for being healthy.